daily autism radio show. Welcome to it. This is uh, the radio version of dailyautism.com, our online platform for special needs families all across America. I got a message from someone. They said, actually, you're all across the world. We're in Germany and we listen. I said, oh, I'll, I'll change that all across the world. They're very good point, actually. It's great. It has, it's really good. And that, by the way, is where you can um, find all of our content, our social media videos, podcasts, all the stuff that we do, dailyautism.com, as well as links to our awesome partners. Um, we just are lucky to have these awesome partners that have been along for the ride to, um, you know, their products and their services that uh, really help the special needs community, dailyautism.com. All right. Uh, so as we jump into another show, you wanted to talk about, I thought this was good. Well, I thought it was sad, but it's real. You wanted to talk about grief, but not, how, you know, how typical people use grief. Right. Yeah. So when baby pictures pop up of, of Cal, I just think back to we had no idea that autism was in our future, yeah. you know, and it. I look at those pictures and it makes me sad because Cal's six, but he's not potty trained yet. He has to have eyes on him nonstop. He can't do the things that his siblings were able to do, you know, and it does make me sad. Memories uh, are designed as social media, you know, like Facebook, like a memory. People say, oh, a memory popped up today, you know. And I think it's, you know, obviously overall designed to be a good thing. Like, hey, you had this memory. And so here it is. But I get them a lot. And I've been posting them on like our family group text because I want the kids to remember them. They were so much younger. They don't, they don't remember these things happen. They were young. I remember them, but I want them to have them for a while, forever. But you're right. Like you see him when he was so much younger and you had no idea. Like, what are all the things you weren't going to do? And all of the things you were going to have to do, and you had no idea during those pictures what was coming. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know that I would have wanted to know then, you know, because I think that the grief would be so much longer, like instilled in me so much longer. But I see those baby pictures, and he was such an easy baby. Like, very, very easy baby. Yeah, Wasn't he a great baby? Great baby, great appetite, funny, mm -hmm. happy great sleeper. I mean, you, you name it. Um, you know, our other kid Trey was probably our second easiest baby and mm -hmm. he was, he was probably maybe a little easier, um, cow. So, right. um, and Trey's a very easy kid now. Um, but he's, he plays travel baseball. He plays flag football. Yeah. He goes fishing. He's very independent and he's 11. Um, so it just makes me Sad that Cal's not able to do those things. Like we, our kids do, uh, our three middle kids do recreational flag football. And they've been on the same team before. And the leagues that they do, Cal would just be starting. Uh, this and spring. you would be coaching. This spring, yeah. They started, uh, you, you, they'll let you get in at six and a half. And so he would be, this would be it. He would be starting in mm, six weeks, five, six weeks. Yeah. And then yeah. instead, like we, I mean, he has therapy nonstop. Like I said, we have to have our eyes on him at all times. Um, he's still wearing pull-ups. Yeah. He can't go to a normal school day. Like there's a lot of challenges and he has progressed a lot, but there's been a lot of challenges. It's interesting. I remember telling myself, I'm going to be coaching football here for like 12 years, the span of like 12 years. Because of when our oldest, you know, when he started, right, which was like six years ago, 
I know. And Cal's just getting into it at six, and you can play there till 12. So it's like a 12-year span. I was like, I'm going to spend 12 years of my life out on these fields coaching football, and I couldn't be happier. No, yeah, well, you love it. Oh, and, and you know, so obviously that, that got cut short. But, um, yeah, that's 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 why I said, like, the grief aspect. It's not, it's not the t- type of grief that a lot of us talk about. But you bring up a good point. Knowing in advance, would you have wanted, you know, I, I used to talk about this with my friends all the time. And I'd say, hey, if, if you could take a blood test and know the day you're going to die, would you do it? And everybody says, no, I don't want to know. And I'm like, really? I might want to know. I, yeah. I, I mean. I don't know why. I mean, I guess because you can prepare more. You can prepare more, but it, and so the rules of this game, and I know this is just a crazy subject, is that you can't change it. So if it's like, okay, you're going to die on this day, they're like, okay, I'm moving out into the mountains. I'm not going to live around anybody, whatever. But then, you know, it's like. Yeah, you, know, you can't change it. You can't change I mean, you have a heart attack and drop dead and, you know, you're done, whatever. And so we look at like with autism, and I'm not equating, you know, that to death, but I am equating it to a very challenging and quickly changing moment in your life. You know, they say now that there are these blood tests um, and AI tests with the eyes, artificial intelligence with the eyes that are showing a lot of um, promise with diagnosing autism, like on the spot. And I'm with you. I'm like, do you, or I shouldn't say I'm with you, but I have the questions of, yeah, if there's a test and it's like, hey, it can pretty much tell you, almost positive, your child's going to be autistic. Do you want to know that at birth? I don't think I would. Um, would you? Ah, <sighs> boy. I, I, well, okay, what if it's, you know, what if it's a a, a disease oh, you'd want to know, right? Because you could start. Right, tr- yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, so, so. You know, do do you does that then get you quicker therapy access? Does it get you? You know, that there are probably things that it would that would get you quicker and would be more beneficial. Um, so that's something I think to think about. Yeah, sure. the The issue would be, I think, with the parents is that you know because this is, you know, think about that. They would tell you before the regression may occur or would occur. So then you can start getting therapy ahead of time. Right. But my point is, is that, you know, like Cal, we, you know, he, you wouldn't have known anything for six, eight, 10 months. Right. You know, and so that would be a tough thing to, to be thinking about. You know, you would deal with family going, but he's fine. He's fine. I mean, people deal with that even after the diagnosis now. I think our gra- the grandparents still want to say he's fine. Oh yeah, well that's and, true. But, and th- but he's not fine. Don't get me going. He's not fine. <laughs> no, no. He's, I he's, do remember though. But, but 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 that's different. They do that to make themselves feel better. To excuse themselves from being absent. That's their makes them that justifies them being absent. So we have absent grandparents. They don't have, really want to have much to do with. Cal's life and understanding him. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, are you serious? That is pretty common. That yeah. is pretty common in this, in this community. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent because I know a lot of people, there's grandparents, uh, 
actually got that, you know, the diagnosis and they were even more involved than they could have ever imagined. So it's, it's not exclusive, but it happens a lot. We talk to a lot of people who go through that. We go through that. It's very challenging. It's very hard to think about. And, and, you know, but nonetheless, you know, like everything else in this, in this life, with, you know, with, with the challenges, you can't sit there and worry about it because you're not going to change other people. Right. Um, but yeah. I remember when we started the whole autism journey. I mean, it all started with a speech delay at 22 months, uh, 22 months old. And that was the first time I heard, have you ever considered he's autistic? I had no idea about autism, nothing about it. I prepared myself for six months before I made the developmental pediatrician appointment, which I will tell you do not do because then I had to wait another 10 months. Um, but then even preparing myself for the day he was diagnosed when he was three, it was like I got hit in the chest, you know, like, like, like I didn't even know it was coming and I did know. Mm. And I just remember feeling so upset, but I was like, you know what? The next day I called all the therapists, tried to start scheduling appointments. And then, um, six months later, I got a tattoo on my wrist of the puzzle piece, which some people like, and some people don't, <laughs> but I'm like, I got this whole autism thing. I got it. I had no idea the challenges that we were going to face. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's interesting because, you you know, you talked about the, the puzzle piece and people get angry. Yeah, part of this too, uh, and I think it's a good thing, you can use it as a good thing, is that you stop worrying about these type of things. You know, you don't let other people's opinion become your reality and you start to say, you're offended by a puzzle piece? Man, get real. Like, I got stuff going on, you know, or, you know, my, my, my mom or my dad um, aren't very involved in their grandkids. And for a while it bothers you. And then you go, you know what, whatever, I got more important things to worry about and more important people to, 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 to care about. And, um, so that's one part of this, like you said, you get it. It's like, it's like being stomped in the chest, but then you get up the next day and you make a battle plan and you just go. And I think maybe that's too, with a lot of things in life, if you just take some action and start doing things, it happened to me the other day. I was telling you, I sort of felt a little frozen for a few hours, like paralyzed a little where I was just like, I don't know. I just, I, there's just a lot with this. And, and I was like, I can't, I can't, I almost couldn't do anything. Like I remember sitting at my computer and it's not that I didn't have things to do. I had a lot of things to do. And every time I would start, I would just like kind of, kind of freeze. I, I, I it's very strange, you know? Um, but you know, I, I've also, I, I've made a lot of good friends in this, um, you know, at least I think good, I'll call them friends. And most of these people, honestly, I've never met in person, but how many Zoom calls have I had with relative strangers? And now I get texts um, at all hours of the day and night from people in other time zones, other countries. Um, you know, I, that would have never happened, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I thought it was interesting when you said grief and then this, and I said, wow, that really, this is a different type of grief. Yeah. And it's not that you're grieving something that usually it's when somebody's gone, you know, your dog dies and you feel that your, your, your mom dies, your, you know, your brother dies, you feel that like, like, and you got to kind of get through people talk about that process as grieving process, but that it ends, right? Like that ends at some point and you right. just don't feel whatever. But this is different because this is a living, breathing moment that does is not ending, right? So right. it's a different kind of grief. But it is grief. It, it is. I actually would say that it's, we probably need a better word for it. It's a little more, um, it can really take control of your physical body. 
You know, it can really, the thoughts, the worries, the, the, the feelings can really, they really have some power over your physical body in dealing with, with the things that you have to do every day. Um, it's hard. Well, and it's true. Like for us, like, uh, I took a picture of us yesterday and we do look so much older and it's awful. Like it's awful that this has created that, Yeah. you know, cause you look at pictures from a couple of years ago and it was totally different. I mean, my anxiety gets so bad that it spikes my blood pressure. So I, I have to take blood pressure medicine. It has nothing to do with my health and stuff. Cause I take care of myself, but it has to do with my anxiety. Also, like I have psoriasis all over my head from this and it's stress. And it's flight, it's, it's, I've actually read it. It's fight or flight that my, my skin is doing. It's yeah. coming out of my skin. Yeah. It's awful. Well, your, your amygdala, it's in the base of your brain is just throbbing and it's, it's a, it's a fight or flight, um, mechanism and it's left over from our, from our days when we were cave people when you'd go hunting and all of a sudden you weren't hunting, something was hunting you and you had to decide if you were going to fight it or run fight or flight. And so the amygdala is left over in our brain, and now we don't worry about, you know, being confronted by, um, you know, a tiger that's going to eat us. It's this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's modern world stuff and, and, and special needs family stuff and, you know, whatever else you might be worried about. But, yeah, so then that's – it has the same effect on the body and all these chemicals rush to your body. I've researched this, too, and, and I usually come to the conclusion that, you know – Either I'm dead already or should have been dead a few years ago oh my because gosh. we're being washed through with all of these chemicals. And that's just a special needs um, part of the special needs uh, parenting. You know, um, I, I, tell, I tell people all the time, it's like at my age, like it hurts to change a diet. I know this comes off as crazy to some people because I would have thought the same thing. So I fully acknowledge that. But even changing a diaper of somebody who's, you know, 50, 60 pounds multiple times a day it hurts man and he doesn't always want you to do it right so it's it's a, it's a little bit of a struggle and you're think about the position you're in you're on your knees you're bent over i mean it's like six years of doing that now y your back hurts man right <laughs> like it, it hurts it, it's it's getting up from that it hurts because it, and like i said i, I would have been for those people rolling their eyes or going give me a break i'm not even mad at you I'd have been saying the same thing about somebody like me if I was in your spot. So I fully admit that and I understand it. It's just now that it's happening to me and I can feel it. You know what I mean? So I, I know I look at pictures of me now and I go, gosh, I, I finally look like my age or maybe even a little older. Like I think I have jumped some people like friends in our life group that I either, you know, I thought I looked like and, and they're younger than me. Or maybe looked younger than them. And now I feel like I've, I've hopscotched them and maybe even a little bit beyond what. And, and I'd say that's happened in two years. It hasn't been like a 10-year thing. I think in the last year and a half, two years, that's happened. Well, and, and, and it has been hard the but, last two years. I mean. And that's what I mean. Like, so th that's why I said, like, it's a different kind of grief with a, with, with, with a special needs child. And, and, of course, it depends on, on, you know, what's going on and how much help you have. And, gosh, I think about the single moms all the time who I see on Facebook and Instagram talking like, how do you do this? How do you do it? I mean, we have two, two of us adults, and then we have the help of four kids. How does a single mom do this? And they do help. Our kids help. They, they do help. And that comes at a price because, you know, at their age, they shouldn't have to also be a caregiver. Right. But when you need the help, you need the help. And I think I'm probably, well, not probably, I am at a point in my life where I used to, I, I, I would never talk about that around other parents because I was embarrassed. 
you know, I was embarrassed that the other parents would say, well, why, why do your kids need the help? Just you and your wife handle it. They, they would never say that, but I thought that they were thinking that. And maybe they were thinking it. <laughs> but now I just say, hey, we need our kids. We need their help. We need it. I mean, we need it physically. We need it. You know. Well, and I'm sure that's going to affect them somewhat later on in life that they were having to help with this. But it's also making them very good people. Yes, there, there's a level of uh, development in this where I think in the short term, there's some struggles. But in the long term, I think that we'll all find out that this was beneficial um, being a caregiver at a, at a younger age um, as a sibling, you know, not a parent, but as a sibling. But also with the understanding that this is why we go out of our way to make sure they're in all the sports that they want to play, that they're competing in the on-field stuff with their friends and other athletes. Um, you know, this is why I try to coach everything they want me to coach. The stuff they don't want me to coach, I'm happy to sit on the sideline. You know what I mean? So it's that's also also a good thing because I think maybe without this, we'd sort of go, listen, guys, you know, it's five kids. We're sort of doing the best we can do. We'll do this season, but not that season. Now it's like, no, we'll do every season, all year. You know what I mean? So because we know that they need that outlet. They need to be competitive kids. Right. You know, and right. and so, um, yeah, it's but also, again, that's kind of a component of, of grief real quick. Uh, we're moving here, um, which is good. But um, I do got to thank um, a sponsor, a couple sponsors here real quick. But um, Tracy Slepsevic, she is the warrior mom. Her book is now out in audio form. I know a lot of people were waiting for that. You can go to warriormom.org uh, and search that on Amazon. It's on the Audible uh, network. It is called Warrior Mom. A Mother's Journey and Healing Her Son with Autism. So check that out. Um, and uh, Tracy a, a, is a fun person to talk to. I think she gives some really interesting ideas. And what's cool about it is, is it's all stuff that she and her family did for her son. So you're actually getting a guidebook of like, here's what I did. And, you know, follow along as much as you want. Do this, not that. But whatever, she she lays it out. Uh, WarriorMom.org to get the Warrior Mom book now available in audio form. I can't read books anymore. I'm hooked on audiobooks. <laughs> I had this period where it's like I used to love reading books, right? Especially early in the morning, cup of coffee, sitting outside, whatever. And then I got like introduced to audiobooks and I was like, hmm, well, this is kind of cool, but I miss I now but then I miss the book book reading. And now I'm like, no, full audiobook. <laughs> no more reading. <laughs> well, part of it is timing too. Yeah, and age, you know, it's my eyes, you get older and you know, you just it's easier to hear than see for me. Yeah, your eyes hurt. My eyes hurt, yeah. We need a LASIK sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I used to always say, oh, there's no lasers in my eye. Now I'm like, I'm up for the lasers. I'm ready for the laser aspect of my life. Let's let's do some laser stuff. Um, towards the end of this show, we're going to talk to a woman from Angel Sense. They are the GPS tracking devices and so much more. Um, for our special needs kids. You can go to angelsense.com. Um, but there is a woman, her name is Melissa, not you, Melissa, but another Melissa. She has got a really awesome story. I did about a 15-minute interview with her. Um, all I'm going to say is somebody, a parent's fear of sending their kids to school, think about all the fears. It, it happened to this woman. Obviously, the story has a great, successful ending but the dynamics of this story in this particular day at school for her her son um, is really something. So at the end of this episode, we're gonna she's gonna join us and we're gonna talk to her. Um, but it's a really impactful story um, from Angel Sense, and of course you can check out their device. They also have their watch. 
Um, so much you can do with their technology, angelsense.com. I did just check the device uh, is still free. Um, of course, that's a subscription service, so you'll pay a monthly service depending on what level of subscription that you do, angelsense.com. But stick around for Melissa's uh, conversation. It's uh, it really There were some things that, that really opened my eyes, and i got to tell you, um, the hope that she delivered to a lot of parents who right now are wondering about verbal abilities of your child, she's going to give you a lot of hope. So it's a great story um, coming up at the end of this episode. So back to the grief thing and if we'd want to know and everything and kind of the more I think about it, you know, if you did find out at birth, hey, your child's going to, going to be autistic, the, th- that wouldn't be able to dictate, you know, what they call levels and stuff. So there's still so much more you'd have to learn about your child. And by the way, that because it's like, it's kind of like what I was just talking about. You might have a child right now who's autistic, who's four, is nonverbal, you're giving up hope, and then by age 10, they're going to be fully verbal. And so there's only so much you, you can know from the beginning because these stories change a lot in it for the good. Yeah. So I kind of was thinking, yeah, even though you know, like technically, whatever that would be that they know, whatever the test they figured out, and I know that we're just assuming that they will one day, maybe, there's still so much you wouldn't know. And, and, and also... How much would you do for the development of your child? You know, how much would you take them to experience things? How much therapy would be involved? What about nutrition? What about outdoor, getting sunlight and learning how to swim and being with nature? And, you know, all of these things that you don't talk about that with typical kids because it's like it's just stuff that happens. But how much would the parent really be doing um, for and that could make a difference? So just because a doctor would say, hey, your child's autistic. Okay, well, my child's, you know, six hours old. You gave me that test. Again, we're assuming that that test would, would happen. But there's still so much you could change about the story. You know, there's so many outcomes that wouldn't even be known at that time. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like jumping up. jumping around because I, uh, you were talking about like uh, changing diapers and being a caretaker and caretaker to caregiver. Um, I just, this is like, this is how I compare it in a way. Like think of an older person with like Alzheimer's or dementia Mm -hmm. and like they are going down the opposite way. Like they're starting to be in diapers. They're starting not to be able to talk. They're having a problem eating. They have to be watched 24 seven. Yeah. It's just like that. Like what we're experiencing in like very similar things. Does that make sense for people that don't understand? And autism is looks so different in every person that not everyone's experiencing this, but the people that are, they can understand what I'm saying. You know, everybody can understand that kids are different. What's impossible for people to understand is the differences. Many times with autistic kids is even they aren't the same from hour to hour. Um, or day to day, you can say, well, my kid's different because of X, Y, Z. And then we can say, my kid's different right now because of X, Y, Z. What about next hour? I can't tell you. And so I think that's the difference. It's, you know what I mean? The, yeah. di- the difference is that there's always a difference. And I think that's what's hard for people to, to understand. Um, but even like talking about Alzheimer's and things like that, I've heard that from people. It's like sometimes I show up and everything's like it was, like it was fine. And then 30 minutes later in the conversation, it's like they slipped away. They're gone. Yeah. And, and someone else sort of shows up. 
It, it, it isn't yeah, it? You yeah, know? yeah. And even like with the whole eating thing, like Cal, we have to worry about Cal eating and choking. Like he will overstuff his mouth, and with that overstuffing and stuff is like stimulation yeah. and sensory and you know all that seeking. He will also, if he feels that we're frustrated with him while he's eating, we'll do that. We'll start to shove food in his mouth. He knows that concerns us, right? And we'll get him added attention very quickly, right? And so. Some of it is, like you said, sensory, which is just compulsory. Like he's just doing that because that's what it is. But some of it's intentional with thought. Seeking. And, right. And strategy behind it. it. It's like, oh, I can tell dad's a little, he's a little. He's concerned. Nervous. He's watching me eat. He knows that. And I am putting a lot in my mouth. Now let's see how much he'll really care. And then he'll start to, sh- you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he literally will grab him and just shove it down. And, start- and so. <laughs> Again, I get these, I, I feel it now, whatever these, what are, what's the big chemical they say runs through your body and it's like, um, um well, oh my gosh, oh, I hate getting put on the spot. Cortisol. Yeah. I can <laughs> feel it. it. It's what I would imagine like, like a bleach was like running through my veins. It's like this little cold hit and it just shocks you like for a second. And I'm like, oh, and I feel like, gosh, that just took an hour out of my life. You know, well, like, and because it's so unpredictable, hour to hour. Yeah. It's not day to day. It's hour to hour. That's what I was Minute to minute. That's what I was saying. You know, when people go, well, all kids are different. I said, all kids are different. Always. But then you have these very unique kids that are always differently different. They're different all the time. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, you could say, well, my kid's different because. And we say, my kid's different right now because. Right. And well, that's what's making us older. Text me in 15 minutes and then we'll talk about the differences from the differences 15 minutes ago. Right. You know, and, and, but then that's when people go. And again, I would do the same thing. Huh? Man, what are you talking about? I know. <laughs> and I'm people, like, people don't understand it unless you're going through it. Unless you, unless you, yeah. And by going through it is not like, you know, calling and checking. Hey, how are you doing? How's cow? That's not going through it. You don't know what you, you don't know anything. You have to live it. It's got to be up close and in your face. You yes. know, you have to be um, sitting in the kitchen and this may have happened two days ago. And at 1030 at night, your child has to come to the kitchen um, covered in poop. His. And that's living it. That's what it is. And so, um, you know. <laughs> Cal does fecal smearing. It's very gross. We're very open about it. And usually it gets put on the wall or something, the couch, something. This time it was all over him. Yeah. That's just hard. And his new thing is putting it on the bottom of his feet. And so when he walks, there's footprints. And, um, oh, this, this is what the care, the caregiver. Yeah. This is what, this is what it is. And like I said, I mean, you know, if, if it's, um, I'm not going to say that. What I am going to say is, naturally, there's going to be a, a a cost on that, a pain point on that for the parent. Um, you know, you can't really show it to him. That has, you know, of course, it's like, Cal, please tell us when you do this. Just tell us. We'll change your diaper. And he's always, okay, I'm sorry. I will. Um yeah, we're do, do, does he ever do it? No. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be fully upfront about that. But every time something like that happens, it's just another it's just it's just like taking a hit, right? You just take a punch and and it's man, after a while, you know, it's like I'm taking some punches. I'm getting tired. I'm getting, you know, it's like a boxer who's had a bad round and they sit in the corner. You can see it in their face. It's it's the 8th round. Are they going back in? I don't know. 
Like it's, but this isn't a boxing match. This is life. You're going back in. Yeah. And you're, you're dealing and you're dealing with real life stuff on top of it, right. you know? Well, yeah. But yeah, part of that is you can't show Cal. You have to be very patient, very calm, very loving, you know? And we don't talk about it really. Like you said, we'll just say, Cal, can you please tell us? But besides that, we just clean up the mess. Yeah. Um, all right. Good segment on grief. Uh, and it felt like grief. So that's good. I think we were being authentic. We were, it, now I feel kind of like, eh, yeah, that was, that was grief stuff. But, you know, this isn't uh, a radio show and a podcast uh, where all things are just fantastic. And this is sometimes the way it is. And, and it's truly the hashtag, if you know, you know, applies to, to this uh, uh, channel and really just uh, this community. Uh, I got a shout out, Technology North. The CEO is Ling Huang. My buddy Ling, he sent me some pictures last night. He's in San Antonio with his family. It looks like they're having a great time. Uh, they're there for the Autism Health Summit. Um, but Ling at Technology North has created... Uh, it is much more than an employment opportunity for young adults on the spectrum, but it is truly a community of people. He has been telling me stories about growth, um, not only from his son, who was on their A-team, but the other team members and the community that Ling is watching them build just among the, the A-team. They're doing great work for great companies, but they're also becoming involved with each other. Um, they're understanding that, that they have meaning, they have purpose, they can thrive. You know, you're not just alive, you can thrive. And so Ling's doing a great job. And, um, you know, he's, uh, I told Ling the other day, you know, he's, he's getting famous now. And sooner or later, I don't know if he'll take my call anymore because he's <laughs> getting that famous. But I'm really, uh, I'm really actually proud of him and, and happy. Um, he's taken a talent, uh, technology, all of his experience, and he's really put it to something that's a, that's a cool a cool thing. So technologynorth.net to learn more about Ling. Also, uh, Begin Health Prebiotics, Growing Up Prebiotics. You can go to dailyautism.com. Listen, get the discount. If you're going to get get this, we use this for Cal, but just get our discount so I can save you a few bucks, okay? Dailyautism.com. Click the Begin Health button, Prebiotics. Mark, what are prebiotics? I think you're pronouncing probiotics wrong. No, Prebiotics are the food that feed the probiotics. You need the pre to have a good pro. Pre before pro. Cal drinks this in his water, and we said the same thing. He'll taste it. He's going to spit it out. He has no idea it's in there. So Begin Health Prebiotics. Get our discount at dailyautism.com. I think you're going to see uh, great results. Um, really, honestly, the guts of these kids are in bad shape, and getting this food for the bacteria, the natural bacteria in our guts is really a good thing. Um, like I said, we're going to talk to Melissa from Angel Sense coming up here in a few minutes. I wanted to share um, our latest thing, which is called autismsurvey.com. I am working to help develop um, autism initiatives through government, which I believe has largely failed our communities. So I'm trying to find some meaningful, impactful things that government can do. No, admittedly, none of this stuff will be, you know, life-saving. What it will do is it will cut through a lot of the fat and the blubber that families have to go through to get to this information and resources. So I really want to save these families time in the beginning. And so that's what I'm working on. But obviously, I need people to fill out this survey, so I, now I need to know how people really feel. The problem is a lot of people in government policies, they're doing things that they think might work or they think their donors might like, and that's not helping us. 
So autismsurvey.com, if you could fill that out, it will take you less than three minutes, I promise you. Um, I have done this so slow, and I still can't get over two minutes and 10 seconds. So uh, autismsurvey.com. Uh, also, I want to talk about real quick the success with play that we've had with Cal uh, at my sensory studio. This is our physical concept that we opened up about a month and a half ago in Pinellas County, Florida. It is a private sensory studio where the family goes with the child and you play these awesome constructions and, um, you know, these creations from Fun Factory Sensory Gym. They are the best. This is what they do. But how about Cal and how he's developed in that? In the last in the last month and a half, um, I've noticed huge developmental changes in him, and a lot of it is just through the confidence of playing and taking risk, and it's been great for him. Plus, energy, getting energy out, and and regulating his body. I did a whole TikTok video about the vestibular system, and how this type of play really helps the vestibular system in these kids. And I'm telling you, there's something there. I've seen it. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not going to go into all the research because I really believe that a lot of people have to do the research for themselves. I got no problems pointing people in the right direction, but you've got to kind of consume the information for yourself and have your own thoughts and feelings. I don't want to try to sway you down one road. I'm just telling you, we've seen uh, uh, changes in Cal, which have been really, really cool. You could see the videos of uh, my sensory studio, the private studio that we created at dailyautism.com and all of our social channels. Also, uh, before we get to Melissa from... Um, Angel Sense with this really unbelievable story about her son going missing and all of what led up to that and then the conclusion of that. Um, thank you to the original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach. Um, you are our home away from home. Um, we've talked a lot in this episode about how tough this is and you got to find a spot where you go and just enjoy life and Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach. That's where we go. Also, uh, I got to talk about the Lift Academy in Clearwater, Florida, where over 95% of their kids, this is a place for the neurodivergent, over 95% of their students are on scholarship. The Lift Academy will help you through that process. Liftfl.org. Liftfl.org. Free diapers for special needs families. Ironically, we talked about this in the beginning of the episode. Uh, this can happen from Aeroflow Urology if you have a special needs child three or over. They can get this worked out sometimes via insurance and other times via Medicaid. Free diapers delivered to your door. It is a massive expense that a lot of special needs families have not budgeted for. And sometimes, um, you know, diapers are required 5, 6, 10, 15 years, sometimes a lifetime. The Aeroflow Urology button is at dailyautism.com. You can sign up for that and uh, you'll get an answer in minutes if you are approved. And those diapers would be delivered to your door, like I said, possibly free of charge. So that is the Aeroflow Urology button at dailyautism.com. So Melissa's going to join us here in a second from Angel Sense. And just a reminder, you can link up with us online at dailyautism.com. And um, we'd love to connect via all of our social channels, whether it's you know LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever, dailyautism.com. The Autism Hotline. Our Autism Hotline at 877-344-ATSM. Again, connecting the products and services of autism to the families of autism. Really excited for this conversation with Melissa Shufflebein from Angel Sense. Melissa, you've been a, a lot of fun to talk to um, off the air, and we were just talking, and you started going down a road, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something new. I've never heard of this before, and, and I love that. 
with this community, um, you know, talking to new people, getting new perspectives. And I really wanted to start this off, though, with something that's massively impactful. And, and every time I hear stories like this, I still my throat kind of closes up. I get I just, uh, you know, and, and but I, I you talk about it so well, but um, your child and your child you know, basically being displaced, getting lost for a period of time. Talk about that and, and just those moments when, and, and what's, what, what that's like. Uh, there's, there's no word or like phrase that really can, can really encapsulate that, like what's going on in that moment. So my son um, was diagnosed at two and uh, he was nonverbal and you know he had to go to a preschool, go to different therapies. Obviously, he had to take the bus for some of that transportation to and from. And somewhere along the line, he was put on the wrong bus and had no way of communicating to people where he belonged or who I was or who he was. So it took over an hour for me to find him. Um, and obviously, you know, as, a, as a, every single part of that hour feels like a year, it's just it's so much and, and you just freak out and it just kind of changes the trajectory of your life from there on out. You just never, ever want to have that feeling again. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I mean, just listen to you talk. I, so my son, Cal, and so, and then we'll circle back to this, but, but that was, was that pre angel sense? Pre angel sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you truly just, you had no idea where your son was. I mean, none, none. And I didn't even know anything was wrong until, you know, several minutes had already passed and his school had contacted, you know, is he coming to school today? And I said, what do you mean? He's supposed to be there. And so nobody so really knew how, that anything had happened. That's how you found out the school called and said, where's your son? Yes. And I, I can't even tell you, it's just like all of your human anatomy from top just goes straight to bottom into your stomach. And you just, you know, you get the tingling feeling in your fingers, just where's my child? And, you know, I took this chance. It was first day of school. I took this chance, let him go to school, let him get on the bus against every grain in my in my human body. And then, of course, he is lost. And Th that happened on, on the first day of school. Day one of school. Day one. All, all summer, you're probably worrying about this happening at some point, right? Because that's every special needs parent does. You know, you worry about everything. You worry about what happens when they're there because they can't tell you. You happen. You worry about what happens on their way home. Is someone going to be mean to them? Is someone going to do this? And you just, it goes against every fiber of you to even take the chance to let him do something like that. But you know it's for his good, so you go against it. And then on day one, when you're just kind of proven <laughs> like you were right, it just is, it's awful. See, I learned, you know, I just said I was talking to you off the air and we were talking about some different things and I had no idea like that. My my reaction there was completely like, wait, wait a minute. The first day of school. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, imagine, what's your what's your first phone call after you get the phone call from school? I mean, what do you what's your first reaction? I, I, I couldn't imagine. Gosh, so this was. Oh, wow. It's probably seven, eight years ago. So a lot has happened since then. But first, you know, phone call is, I, oh, geez, anybody who can help me find him. And at the time, I wasn't living anywhere near any kind of family. So I had no idea um, where to call. I think my first instinct was to race over to the school or to the Department of Transportation. I mean, I was just, 
you grasp at straws and you kind of go into this mode of just emergency reaction. But I think what was scariest for me is that I didn't know who to call and I didn't know what to do after that. If he wasn't where he was supposed to be, I would have no idea where he was. And I think that's where I started to look for something like Angel Sense. And I really, you know, I said I need something because this I can't be just completely clueless as to where my child is. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you're right. Like every, we all have this plan in our head. Well, if this happens, I'll do this. If that happens, I'll do that. And then it happens and it's like you're just frozen. I mean, you don't you don't know what the plan is, you know. <laughs> you don't know what the strategy that that you came up with. Um, you know, real quick, it, it's uh, my son Cal, he actually a couple of months ago, um, he he got lost. Now, it came to be that he was hiding in the house. And here's what's interesting. We had just gotten the angel sense. So initially I didn't have my phone cause I was outside and he's, he, we can't find him and everything, but then I'm like, Oh, the angel sense. So, so I look and we had been working on his therapist had been working with him about getting used to the device in his pocket, in his backpack, sweatshirt. So I looked and it's like, he's in the house. Because it's so specific. The, it's almost like when I first got it, I was like, this is crazy. I had like the satellite view on. And I'm like, I'm actually sitting in this room where the device is. And this satellite's like looking. To, it's incredible. But it's still scary. You know, I, I so I knew he was in the house, but I didn't know. It, it, we came to find him. He was hiding in the shower and it's whatever. But it's just it, it's just so interesting to me. These kids, um, they have these really unique abilities and, you know, yours, I know it, that was an accident, you know, that they put them on the wrong bus. And then in my situation, but my point on this is I, I felt like my throat was closing. My, my, my blood turned into like ice. Yes. And I was running up and down the street, you know, because I didn't know, you know, in Florida, everybody has a pool and we live by the beach and I, I'm just freaking out. And I just, um, but then I think about your situation and, you know, like an hour and the school calls and, you know, um, so, you know, by the way, so great ending to your story. Um, your son was found. Every, everything was was good. Um, and then so how do you get linked up with with, with Angel Sense? Do you sit down literally at a? Because this is imagine what I would do. Sit down at a at a computer or a, an iPad and go, well, I want to make sure this never happens again. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what you do, because, you know, internally, first instinct is we're never doing this again. He's not going to school. He's not riding the bus. He's not doing that. And then I think to myself. You know, school is something that ultimately is good for him. And I need these experiences for him if I am doing my due diligence as his parents. So I'm like, okay, I need something that's going to make me feel okay about him not being, you know, with me permanently attached to him and and following him around everywhere. So, yeah, I, I get on the computer. I start looking. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there that does, you know, GPS tracking. And it's really like, no, I don't need that. I need something that is like, it alerts me right away. Like I know right away because there's a big difference between knowing within 30 seconds that your child leaves and an hour and not knowing where they might be in that hour. That's a big, big, big difference, especially when you are yourself in emergency mode. So I get on my computer and I'm looking and I see the the features of AngelSense and how it's like, you don't even have to have an app open. It's not kind of like Family Link or anything else where it's like, you have to recognize there's a problem and then open up an app and wait for it to load. And maybe it's kind of close to where a deactivated phone, you, you don't have that kind of time. 
So I saw that it was proactive and it could send alerts and then you could get real time location. You could share that location with other people. So, you know, if I had someone that I knew that could help, I could text that link over and they would know where he was too, if they needed to get to him faster. It's just all of, it was like specifically designed for parents like me who just don't want to let go and don't want to, like, it's just made for that because you get that peace of mind. And then the, the ability to communicate via speakerphone is really huge for me too. Um, because if he did end up at the wrong school, I could, you know, call in and talk to the teachers and be like, what school is this? You know, here are his triggers. Please make sure that he doesn't, you know, see a fire alarm because he's going to have a meltdown or please don't do this. I could give those instructions to people who were nearby him. So at least like that was in my mind too, is, you know, he doesn't know how to feel either. He doesn't know, you know, how to get to where he's supposed to be. And that really, I think is what broke my heart maybe the most is, yeah, maybe I'm panicking and I need to know where he is for his safety, but how does he feel um, not being able to be around people that are supposed to be familiar? You go through all these you know processes to make sure that he's familiar and he knows where he's supposed to be and all of that. And um, that ability to call in and talk to him and talk to people was, I, I was sold. I, I said, this is it. This is what I need to have. And I, I got it, been a user ever since. The um the ability, like you said, to tap in, and listen to the environment is um is important on a lot of levels. You know, safety. Um, I think there's you know bullying aspects. Uh, I've heard people talk about you know that they were concerned about certain environments and and you know hey I just wanted to listen in and make sure. Um, the first responder aspect, you know, you said send a text message, get the coordinates, and so often with special needs kids, um, I talk to just you know so many families um, who have autistic kids. Their schedule, you know, by the week, you pretty much know where they're going to be. It's very routine based, and, and that's just just part of it. And so the good part of that is that you can basically, um, you know, team up with, quote unquote, first responders, people in those specific areas where you know your child's going to be. And like you said, it's that immediacy of like alerts just went to their to their phone. You know, I was trying to explain that to someone the other day. They were a little confused. I was like, think about like a customized Amber Alert, if that makes any sense. Instead of going out to a whole state, it goes out to people that you know are in the area. And then somebody I was reading online, it was a it was a video, and she had actually said um, the child got lost after school. And so the police got involved, but the police officers, you know, were like, send us the coordinates on our cell phones, on our personal phones. And so then the police were able to, and they were already in the area and patrolling and stuff, but it was able to really focus their, their search and and the child was found and safe and everything like that. So yeah, there's so many aspects that go above and beyond GPS, right? It's, it's so many layers. Yeah, it, it really does because it's, um, I always think of it. So you think about crisis prevention, you think about safety and, and preventing something bad from happening, which it does. I mean, in in spades, because as you mentioned, you have all of these features that can assist if something were to happen. But what I love about it too, is that it, it enhances independence quite a bit because you have so much of these features and you are able to provide that like remote support. So then you kind of create more opportunities for your child to do more things on their own. And I think that's become really invaluable. So just to kind of paint the picture, my son went from nonverbal at three years old, being put on the wrong bus, me even questioning if he would ever get on the bus. That boy's now 11 years old. He waits for the bus himself, sets his own alarm, gets himself ready for school, goes out there. He like is just so independent and so verbal. And I often think to myself, you know, 
he might not be there. He might not be where he's at. If I would have followed my initial instinct and just taken him out of everything, you know, I needed that one thing to, to be as close as I could be to him throughout his day. And like you said, throughout all of those features, it's, it's as close as you're going to get to being just like your hand in his hand for the entire day. It's a great point. And, and thank you for sharing that. It's, it's gives a lot of hope for parents. You know, you talk about the nonverbal aspect and then verbal. We have just a couple minutes. I, I told you this was going to fly by. But <laughs> I wanted to touch on that real quick, like because we were talking again off the air about talk about that circle you were talking about. The vicious cycle. So at Angel Sense, we, we have this concept called the vicious cycle. And it's just you get this concern for safety. So it creates anxiety for the parent. And then what happens is you restrict the environment. It's just your first nature. It's what you do. So take my example, you know, first instinct is don't take him to school. Don't take it. You knew, you knew this was going to happen. So you restrict that environment, but then you create the, that can't, I assume that he can't take the bus because he's going to, he's not going to be able to be okay if something happens, but because I think he can't, then in turn, I don't have him do it. And then he actually can't. So I created that restriction and I created that dependence. And if I didn't have something for him so he could continue going onto the bus and continue you know, being in school, which is every kid's right, is to be able to access education and, and socialization and things like that. I truly and honestly don't believe he would be where he is today. He needed those opportunities. And every parent does exactly as they should do. That is your due diligence. But what I can say is, you know, there's so many times in his life that I think, you know, am I creating more dependence because I'm assuming he can't do something because I'm worried about him. And I think that's just a question. Guilty, guilty right here. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's, of us, all of us. Yeah. All wow. Of us. Seeing well, his transformation and even to this day, I'm guilty sometimes. What a great, what a great piece there to end on. Um, a great uh, thing for people to think about. But then again, how Angel Sense was able to help kind of break that cycle up and, um, you know, the aspect of your son from nonverbal to verbal and you not depriving him of the experiences that that helped play into that and, and the assistive uh, technology of Angel Sense that that played into that. Um, you're the best, Melissa. Looking forward to, to talking more. You've got more great stories. Um, you're just a, a pleasure to talk to. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on. We'll talk soon.